Hello, this is Susan Marie, and welcome to The Human Condition, a conversation with you based upon everyday observations that all of us experience made simple. You can catch these on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, YouTube, and by subscribing to my newsletter, suemarie.substack.com. Most things I speak of are linked for further study in the data section of the show. Today, I want to talk with you about integral aspects of being human, having and expressing emotions, understanding the emotional process and stages, and being comfortable expressing your emotions to understand why certain emotions occur in order to grow, as well as emotional intelligence. Society, our families, institutions, all teach us to not express emotion, that it's weak to do so, or that you may be behaving abnormally when expressing or feeling certain emotions, and thinking such as this is utterly backwards and unhealthy. Being human means we experience multitudes of ranges of emotions. And I refer to my own self as an emotional box of crayons. And that does not mean that I become immensely angry or immensely sad. It means that whatever I'm going through, I feel it intensely and find whatever's causing that emotion to get rid of it or relish in the beauty of a particular emotion. For example, imagine if someone walked up to you on the street and without warning, stomped right down on your foot with their own foot. How would you react? Would you nod and smile, shake their hand, bend over backwards and thank the person for hurting you? No, you would be angry and most likely feel like retaliating. Angry words and swearing might fly out of your mouth and in the very least, stern boundaries will be immediately applied. You will tell the person how wrong their behavior is and that stepping on your foot is unacceptable, cruel and hurtful. However, When you take those same emotions and apply that to a private situation, say someone stepped all over your boundaries disrespecting you and you love and appreciate yourself so much that you speak up and tell the person, not angrily, just direct and clear, that you do not want to be treated that way because you deserve to be respected and you are met with negativity or silence instead of communication and acceptance. Both situations are the same. However, why is it socially unacceptable to express emotions in certain contexts? More importantly, Why are we culturally conditioning one another to not be human? Robert Pluchik developed a psychoevolutionary classification approach called the emotion wheel. Have you ever seen this? The emotion wheel identifies 34,000 emotions a human can experience. This means I have yet to experience about 33,980 emotions. And what the emotion wheel does is helps us understand our emotions from start to finish a process that occurs on the subconscious level. And the wheel is a visual and colorful representation of emotions that lead to self-awareness. Basically, you browse the various emotions and pinpoint ones you are experiencing. For example, right now I feel peaceful. And looking at the emotion wheel, peaceful falls between optimism and love. And peacefulness can grow into serenity, joy, and ecstasy. There are numerous functions for the emotion wheel. I mean, walking around with a mind full of confusion and certainty weighs anyone down and sharing emotions and deep internal feelings with another creates environments of trust and openness, which leads to empowerment. Being aligned with what one is feeling and doing is empowering. Instead of trying to suppress, reject, or ignore emotions by learning how to express and share them in constructive ways, as well as analyzing the role emotions play is liberating. Dr. Alan Watkins from Complete Coherence found that most individuals stay stuck in the consciousness state of a nine-year-old. That blew my mind. 
This is due to the set of rules that the educational system, society, and the corporate world imposes. And only when a crisis enters do we start asking questions about the role we play in the world and start paying attention to the emotions and messages they send to self and others. Without the ability to understand and control emotions, we create unstable ground that pulls us away from being in control, leaving us disillusioned. For example, the other day I was fretting during the afternoon. It manifested into anxiety mode where I was unable to stop obsessing over an unimportant details with nonstop talking. I was having a conversation with a friend and kept repeating the same stories and ideas over and over, going back to points we already covered, having self-doubt over decisions I had to make. My friend did not complain, but sympathetically listened. And then I stopped and asked myself, why am I fretting? I recognized the emotion I was feeling, which was hurt and then anger. Then I thought about what can be causing the hurt. Once I pinpointed that, I made a decision on how to get rid of the anger and hurt I was experiencing. And after I was able to communicate that hurt constructively to the person that hurt me, I felt peace by releasing those emotions to make room for positive ones. This is an example of the emotion wheel and utilizing my own emotional intelligence. Instead of judging or blaming the individual who hurt me, I plainly stated in two short direct sentences exactly what was bothering me and what actions I am taking to change the way I felt. I managed to deal with an emotional mental crisis in a healthy fashion by not acting on my emotions, rather controlling them. This saved the individual myself from further hurt. So what is emotional intelligence? It's the ability to control, manage, and transmit emotions in a social context, and when applied correctly, benefits social interaction and reduces tension. In 1995, psychologist Daniel Goleman published a book, Emotional Intelligence, that introduced most of the world to the idea that an ability to understand and manage emotions increases success. Being aware of one's emotions and knowing how to express them to others in a considerate way is a skill that only comes with maturity. However, children can be taught how to develop emotional intelligence through tools and techniques. But what does emotional intelligence look like in everyday life? First, emotional intelligence begins with self and social awareness, the ability to recognize emotions and their impact in yourself and others. Secondly, the pause. Take a moment, stop, think before you speak. Third is striving to control your thoughts. You don't have much control over emotions you experience at any given moment, but you can control your reaction to those emotions by focusing on your thoughts. Fourth is a tough one, benefiting from criticism. Nobody enjoys negative feedback, but criticism is a chance to learn, even if it's not delivered in the best way. And when it's unfounded, it gives you a window into how others think. When you receive negative feedback, you keep your emotions in check and then ask yourself, how can this make me better? Fifth, most importantly, is authenticity. Authenticity doesn't mean sharing everything about yourself to everyone all of the time. It does mean saying what you mean, meaning what you say, and sticking to your values and principles above anything else. Six is empathy. And that's just the ability to understand another's thoughts and feelings instead of judging or labeling them. It's standing in someone's shoes and seeing through their eyes. Empathy does not mean agreeing with another person's point of view, but attempting to understand where they are coming from. Next is praising others. All humans crave acknowledgement and appreciation. And when you commend others, you satisfy that craving and build trust. Lastly are giving helpful feedback, apologizing, forgiving and forgetting, keeping your commitments, helping others, and protecting yourself from emotional sabotage. These are all everyday examples of emotional intelligence. 
If you've not already watched the film Inside Out, please do. This animated movie is by far one of the best films for teaching emotional intelligence, especially to children, but it's excellent for all adults too. And the film represents experiences that include happiness, sadness, disgust, fear, anger, and throughout the movie as a viewer, you experience those different emotions and, and learn how to handle them and adapt to change. It's absolutely brilliant. It's heart-wrenching. It's sad and funny and beautiful. Please do check it out. I have a practice for you that will help you become more emotionally literate. Can you do this with me? Let's go. It's really simple. First, name an emotion you recognize feeling. I'll start. Right now, I feel happy. Okay, well, you want to try to pinpoint happy. Am I exuberant? Am I overflowing? Am I blissful? I do feel happy, so pinpoint that emotion first. Next, define and understand the emotion. For example, I am happy because. I'm happy because today I don't have to work. I want to get out into nature. I feel good. I'm awake and I'm alive. So that's understanding why I am happy. Next, understand the message of that emotion. I am happy because I am positive. I have a good outlook. I have the whole day ahead of me. I can do whatever I want today. I feel good. I have no distractions. That is how simple being emotionally literate is. Lastly, please take a quick and easy emotional intelligence assessment. This is also linked from the Institution for Health and Human Potential. And then you just fill out your name and basic non-private info and you get your result immediately. And what I like about this assessment is it gives a basic idea of where your emotional intelligence stands plus feedback on how to improve weak spots. Do you want to know how I scored? My results stated that I have high emotional intelligence and EQ counts for twice as much as IQ. My level of EQ most likely has been and will be a driver of high performance under pressure for years to come. My areas to work on. While you are doing well, don't forget to take time out of your busy day-to-day -day activities to stop and reflect on what brings you the greatest meaning in your life. If you fail to do this on a regular basis, you risk becoming tranquilized by trivial things and sedated by small details. If you are working towards goals that are not in alignment with your key values and greater purpose, you face becoming frustrated and cynical when facing pressure, losing sight of the reason why you are doing all of this in the first place. That was brilliant. Go take it, please. It only took about a minute. As William James said, I have no doubt whatsoever that most people live, whether physically, intellectually, or morally, in a very restricted circle of their potential being. They make use of a very small portion of their possible consciousness, much like a man who, out of his whole body organism, should get into the habit of using and moving only his little finger. We all have reservoirs of life to draw upon, of which we do not dream. Please join me next week for more interesting discussions and check out last week's episode on sex positivity and emotionality.